Good morning, everybody. Pastor Rich here. Good to see you guys this morning. I'm the, one of the pastors here, and it's good to see a lot of people this morning. And I know some of our students, it's the last week before finals, and then you're heading home to get a job and come back next year. Right? Amen? But I'm glad you guys are your guests. We've been in a series called Exponential. It's our second week of Exponential. Today is called Exponential Supply. And the whole idea of this series that we're going through, because we've been going through, if you look around, we had our, we've been working with our Generations campaign, and we saw what God was able to do through a few people. And what we wanted, this, this series is really about, suppose you have some people, a church, that actually believe God for everything he said, follow through and work with him, and serve everything that, and do everything he tells us to do, and watch him multiply some things in our lives. Do something exponential. How about a group of people who decide, we see what God's doing, we want to join him in his work. And when we join him in his work, he takes our efforts and multiplies them and makes them exponential, which is amazing. And what would that look like? Because he wants to multiply a lot of things in our lives. Sometimes we just want to add because it's adding is so comfortable. But the multiplication, I don't know, when I, when I was growing up, that was hard. It stretches you and how God wants to do that. And this week we're actually going to talk about exponential, exponential supply. And we're going to talk about widow. In uh, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, talking about a widow who went from being a widow, who being in need, became an entrepreneur through the kingdom, how God did something amazing, how he still wants to do that today. How many is in line for a miracle? How many are a miracle in your life right now? He's still in the miracle business. I'm going to tell you exactly how you can capture your miracle that God has for you because it's the principles in his Bible. If you go to 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, we're going to see how God multiplies a widow's oil. It says this, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried, Elijah, your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that your servant feared the Lord. But the credit has come to take away my two children to be his slaves. And Elijah said to him, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? I love that. He said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself, your sons, and pour out all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him, shut the door behind herself, and her sons, and as she, poured, they, as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. And when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said, there's not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came out. She came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live off the rest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you in this moment. You want to? perform miracles today. Father, you're looking for a people who have faith and with their faith have obedience. And Father, I pray we're a people that will look beyond our, we won't put you in a box, but look beyond what we might think and start to think the way you think. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you know your Bible in the Old Testament, Elisha was a disciple of Elijah and Elijah had one up God called him back. Elisha took over as the prophet. Also, he took over a school of prophets. It was a school of prophets. This widow happened, her husband was in the school of prophets. He passed away. 
So in those days, he was the, he was the one that brought in the money. When he died, the, the, the money stopped coming in. So in those days, in the Mosaic law, if you owed a debt, they were able to collect that debt by taking you, you, either her, taking her and her two sons into captivity, be slaves, and work off the debt. Now, they will work off to a certain point. Now, there's a thing called the year of jubilee, which we'll talk about later on this summer. If they had done a time of year of jubilee, they were able to release them back to where they were. But she was in a desperate place. She, one, she was a widow. In those days, a dangerous place. Second, she was in so much need. And she knew exactly where to go. She went to the man of God. And Isaiah, um, Elisa, uh, uh, I lost my thought. Elisha became very important to her. And we're going to spend time unpacking this. What I want you to really get out of this service this morning, we have a habit of putting God in a box. And we only expect little things from God when he wants to do big things from us. The reason why we keep God in a box is because it keeps us comfortable. But God wants to stretch beyond our com- being comfortable, and he wants to do something amazing in your life. One thing you see as this lady, she had a need, and she came to the man of God, and what did he do? He said, what do, you, what do you need? What do you have in your house? And here's the main thing, guys. Whenever you have a need, wherever you are right now, wherever you are, some of you are waiting, for, you're studying for finals, God loves you. God cares for you. You can take all your anxieties and put it upon him. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties upon me because I care for you. Sometimes you just need to hear that God Loves you, and he cares for you, and you're very, you're mat- you matter to him very much. Some of you need to hear that this morning. And he's walking with you. He desires to help you in any way you are. There's nothing too big and nothing too small that he cannot assist you and help you with. And she understood that when she came there. And he gave us some instructions on exactly what happened when, he do, when um, she showed up. Now, the instructions that she received didn't make any sense. Usually if I go to God, hey, I have a shortfall, I need something, I need help, I'm expecting him to say, okay, go over here, and the man, there's a man open, and his door is open, and he has a million dollars to give you. And I'm saying, I love God. And she was expecting, hey, man of God, I have a need. Okay, go over here, down the street, make a left, someone has the money for you to pay off your bills. No, I need you to get some oil. Yeah, okay, the oil. I know it's expensive, good stuff. I use it for cooking. And I use it for anointing. And I also use it for fuel. But I can't connect that to my need. Ever been there? I can't can't transform the comprehend the oil meeting my need. You ever feel like that? When God speaks to you, like, I don't see how that connects with anything. We do it every week. We do it every week. When Pastor John gets up after we sing songs, and we have great songs, we worship God and all that, and he gets up and says, okay, it's time for our tithe and offering. Yeah, but I have bills. Yeah, but do you want to pay your bills? Yes, tithe. 
I just can't connect the giving thing to my finances. Does it make sense? You can be real. I'm not going to be at you. I got no gifts here. Don't worry about it. Doesn't make sense, does it? To pray to someone you don't see. I just can't connect. Oh, you know, if you have a need, pray. Uh, pray. I'm, I work problems out. I don't have time to pray. I got to go work it out on my own. Amen? Connecting the dots. Connecting the dots. Now, here's the thing about it. God said, the man of God said, what is in your house? Because God often always begins with what we already have. Whatever you have, your talent, your energy, he uses that to bring it to um, multiplies that effectiveness for other people. What do you have in your house? What time, what talent, what treasure? What do you have presently right now? Now, I'll start with that. That's how God works, which is amazing when he does that. What's in your house? Now, what is he saying? He said, I want you to take your limited resources, your time, your talent, your treasure, and I want, them to, I want you to put it under my command of the unlimited source. Remember that. Because sometimes I believe I have the source when I'm only walking around with the resource. Money is a resource. Time is a resource. Treasure, all that stuff is a resource. But who's the source? God, take it and put everything in my life under the command of the unlimited source. Because if you make a decision without the source, you have a mess. I mean, I'm not just talking about finances, guys. I'm talking about your, you young, you're young, you're waiting for the next, you're waiting for the, the right one. On the God's side, I'm waiting for the right one. Right? The right one comes from the source. You just look at it as a resource. So I'm waiting. I, I submit everything under the source. And that's what he told her to do. Didn't make any sense. Never made any sense. The olive oil, again, food, fuel, anointing. So the oil, what's in your house? Whatever you have in your house, in fact, you only have one. And she could have said, at that moment, the decision has to be made. Whatever's in your house, if it stays in your house, will not multiply. I've been there. When it came to giving and all those things, I always had holes in my pocket when the, when the, um, when the income tax came around. It just went the other direction. Whatever in my house, by keeping in my house, will never go exponential. It will never multiply. See why? God, what's limited in my hand is unlimited in his hand. Yeah, I remember that. Now, verse 3 and 4, she was amazing. She listened to what God told her to do. Now, here's a great thing about that. We tend to hear, wherever we hear, we tend to believe, and then what we believe, we act upon. You ever hear that? 
before? You act upon it. Now, let me give you an analogy of that. Faith is a belief. Tracking with me? She had faith, but she didn't leave it there. To prove the faith, you have to put obedience in there. See, if you only have faith, you just have mental assent. How many love those songs? How many love the scripture, six, Luke 6, 38? Give and shall be given to you, shaken down, running or shaken together, running over. How many ever heard that? If you don't remember that, you got to go back to Sunday school. Okay? Now, how many celebrate on that scripture? Because they said it. But how many really celebrate when you got to do it? I love, to, I love to sing about it. I sing songs about it. But when it comes to do it, um, I don't have it. Yeah, you do. What's in your house? <sighs> nothing. I got nothing in my house. Oh, you have, a, you have no, nothing in your house. No. You got everything in your house. One, you got me in the house. Greatest thing. So the faith is a belief. Obedience is proof of my belief. So you can say you have faith all day, but we can't see it in your life. You don't have faith. You have mental assent. You believe God, but you won't follow what he says. Right? I have faith, bro. I have faith. And you have all the language, but you have no action. It's just an empty hole. I started that way. I had all the faith. Really? Until someone calls you up and like, oh, well. And that's what he does. God works on faith. I love that. Now, we see what she did. She used obedience as proof. God's word always asks us to have a, a response and participation. Now, how many want a miracle in your life? Write this down. Faith and obedience are the triggers of miracles. The miracles belong to God. Faith and obedience belong to me. And we have to merge those two to get the miracle. Are you tracking with me? Are you tracking with me? He already has the miracle because he owns them. I have the faith, and along with my faith, I have obedience, which comes together, and there's a head-on collision. There's oil in here uh, all over my fingers. I think I'll put it on my head, and my head shines. And it collides, and you have your miracle. Why? It's beyond what I can think or even comprehend. Make sense? It's not just hearing the word, and that's all I do. And I'm celebrating that, and go home broke every week. Oh, go home, not broke. I'm sorry. Now I'm going to use money. Go home empty every week. Remember the people of Israel? David's men, I mean, Saul's men. Every day, every day they got up in the morning, we're going to go kill Goliath. We're going to kill that giant. We're going to kill that giant. And the guy uh, comes out, oh, and they go, I ain't going to kill the giant. And get up in the evening, I'm going to go kill that giant. I'm going to go kill that giant. I'm going to slay that giant. I got faith. He comes out, oh, I ain't going out there. And what they're doing, they were like in church. 
We're singing songs, man. We're jumping around. We're shouting, throwing around, and doing nothing. I've been there. God, you're amazing. I can't wait to jump in. I'm not doing nothing. As my man, as my, not my man, but one of my teachers, Rice Brooks says, we're so busy standing on the promises of God while we're sitting on the premises. I didn't say he did. Just sitting down on the premises. I'm standing, God. I'm standing, Pastor. I'm standing. Yeah, while you're sitting. And while you're sitting, you're blaming God. You're blaming the church. You're blaming everybody. But it isn't their fault. Your inactivity is causing you to have a wreck. God, where are you? There's a song we used to sing. It says this. <laughs> God, I'm waiting on you. And really the song, the ones we should be singing, I'm waiting on God as he waits, waits on me. He's waiting on me to use my faith and obedience. Make sense? Because I mean, believe I can walk a tightrope. Okay, I'll give you an easy one. How many believe I can jump out of an airplane? I've done it before. How many believe I can do it? Raise your hand. Come on. Since I've done it, I've been trained to do that. Okay. Now, how many want to go with me? Half the room shut down. <laughs> Faith and obedience. I wish I went out on my first jump. I wish I was saying, God, I can do this. I was screaming like a little person. <laughs> I can't say that other word because I might get in trouble. And I was screaming all the way to the shoot set, wow. And I'm like, yeah. And he said, you happy? Yeah, we're going to do it again. And he didn't do it again. That, that was stupid. Yeah, no, you're stupid. So get back in the plane. See? Mental ascent. Jesus, I mean, I believe that you meet all my needs. Okay? Are you going to trust me to go that direction with you? Um, I mean, you're going to give yourself out of debt. No, I'm going to serve my way out of trouble. Well, I don't believe that much. Mental ascent. You believe, we sing, we pray, but no action. Talking to myself. Now, I got to get to the story because I got a few minutes left. All right. Now, you had to be there. She was told, go behind the doors and take out oil. And she had to have her sons. I think they were teenagers. Mom, why? Just go get the, the vessels. Borrow from all the neighbors. Probably was easier. It's about this size. And she's just pouring. Can you imagine yourself doing this in those days? And, you know, God never gave me the, uh, the rest of the instructions. He never gave me, if I do this, this will happen. Abraham, I need you to go out to a place I'm going to show you. Won't you tell me when I'm down here what I'm getting? I would love to know what I'm getting out of this before I do it. Everyone been there? And well, why are y'all moaning? <laughs> and she keeps pouring as it gets full. Just keep going. And it was pouring, 
and it was pouring all the way, and they were pouring, and they were partying, and the sons were getting more vessels, and they were bigger than this, till they got full. And she said, no more. It stopped at the level of their faith. The vessel rep represented our faith. Stopped at the level of my faith. When it stopped, the oil stopped. But it, was, it wasn't perfect, but it's proficient. Why? One, go sell all this oil. Oh, that was Sally the, the widow. Now that's Sally the entrepreneur. She's going to sell me oil on the vessel I just gave her? Yeah, give me the money. And it would have to be enough, more than enough. Say more than enough. Not just you, you and your two sons lived off the rest. Now, they had college students, they had teenagers. That's a lot of money because they eat. You guys eat. We get the bill. You eat a lot for the rest of their lives. Exponential. What did she do? She poured out what she had to the one because it's limited in my hand, but by golly, when God gets it, it becomes unlimited. Yeah. It becomes exponential because now he has it. What do you have in your house that you hold on to? Doesn't make sense. I know that. But it's God. Faith doesn't make sense sometimes, but it's God. Amen? So here is my one point because this is deep. Theologically deep. You ready for this one point? Do whatever God tells you to do. Just do it. You know, you know I love Nike. How many got Nikes? They don't fit my feet anymore. So, because my feet are kind of wide. It's all right. That's from watch, marching and falling out of airplanes and stuff. But anyway, do what he calls you to do. What, everyone say whatever. whatever. Okay. So when Pastor John gets up here and he says, it's time. For tithes and offerings, y'all should say, yeah. Now go, ah. And don't go to the bathroom. Because I see some of y'all in the hallway trying to get away and come back to the announcements. I've seen you. We're going to put change machines outside. <laughs> you think you're good. Or we'll become a church that you got to walk up here and drop it off. Yeah, and y'all be, you got, any, you got a dollar? I've been there. You got a dollar, man? They, and they want us to do it twice because it's an education moment. Got 50 cent? Do whatever he tells you to do. Whatever he tells you to do. Now, that is a, a, a simple statement, but it's a profound thing to do because it endures the will to do what he tells you to do. She heard and she did. She heard her faith was activated. Faith will activate your obedience. But here's the thing. As you do what he tells you to do, his commands are enablements. See, God already knows that you don't have it in your pocket at the moment. He's not saying give, he's trying to get you to get started. Here he knows that your talents and your strength and your weaknesses. He knows you already. He knows he's created you. But he takes that, 
where he says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that when I'm weak, I'm strong. When I have less, I have grace. My abilities might be here, but by the power of the Holy Spirit that he gives me, he increases my ability to do what he called me to do. His commandments are enablements because he gives you the grace. He gives you the Holy Spirit to walk out everything he tells you to do. But you got to trust him. It comes back to faith because if you're going to put him in your box, I can't do that. He knows that already. He knows that. I used to tell him, I can't do that. Yeah, I know, but I didn't ask you that. I told you to do it. Me and Pastor John had a moment in the beginning of the year. We, had, we went to our, um, our jump um, party. Remember our jump party? We went to the jumpy house. Well, we had faith. We said we're going to have 66 people show up by faith. Yeah, right? And then 100, over 100 people showed up. We had to rewrite the check. And I said, God, what was that? He said, I didn't tell you to put the numbers on there. That's what you did. I just told you to rent the place out. Because I was trying to put them in the box. Of course, comfortable with 66 because they're going to afford 66. <laughs> Be honest with you. <laughs> we had money for 66, right? So <laughs> we had money for. And then boom. Oh, okay. All righty. And it's amazing as God does. Teaching me a lesson. That's something exponential. But he stretched me. When you limit your faith, you limit God in your life. When you limit your faith, you limit, don't limit God to you're comfortable. What would, he, what would you say if he just told you right now, give up your car? Now you would say, who to who? <laughs> and uh, are they going to pay me back? I didn't ask you that. Moses, I want you to go. What, what am I going to say? I didn't ask you what you're going to say. I just said, you, are you going to go? And why you say, and the reason why he's saying that, the first step, guys, is always the hardest step. Because we want all the info before we go. I know I do. Because I like control and all those things. What are you saying? Philippians 4.19 says this. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Paul was amazing. The Philippian church was giving um, some, some, uh, was giving some instructions. were well, giving to Paul when they didn't have it. But what he was saying is, guys, here's the crazy thing. I know you're hurting. I know you're in need. I know you can do something different with this. But when you, since you gave to me, I can't pay you back. I'm Paul. I cannot pay you back. There's no way I can pay you back. But here's the greatest thing. My God will pay you back. In fact, he'll give you more than pay you back. He'll, exp- he'll, ma- he'll multiply whatever he's given you because his supply is rich. It's so rich that First Financial Bank can't touch it. It's so rich that the Wall Street can't touch it. It's so rich that nothing can touch it because I'm the one who owns all of it. I own the cattle on the thousand hills. I own it all. The world is mine. And the, and the world is the Lord's and, the, and, the, and everything beyond that is his. So if he's unlimited, why not put my limited under his unlimited and watch him do amazing work? It'll be so amazing. Like, God, you're amazing. He said, I know. That's why I'm God. Amazing. Here's the thing. We have, I love what J. Hudson Taylor says. He's a great missionary to China. You ought to read his books. 
You thought he was a man of faith, but God corrected him all the time. <laughs> he said this, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. God's work done in whose way? Will never what? God, my rich way, done his way, will always lack something. You're in need of a miracle of time, talent, treasure. What does God say? Pour it out. Pour your life out and watch me multiply you. Guys, my story is amazing. I got here in 1998 in this church, sat right over there. Place was red and everything else. Watching us plant churches and all that. I was a guy who didn't want to be bothered with ministry. I had tried that, I was done with it. I said, they said, well, you can work the door. I'll work the door. I can care less. I'll just do that. This is my lot in life. I put God in the box. Since it seemed like I failed, I'll just stay at that level. He's not here, Booker. Booker was in charge of the, the first impression team. They said, Rich needs to be in charge. In fact, Booker, you need to be in charge of, stay in charge of the book, uh, first impression team. It was four of us that ran this church. Booker said, no, this guy has a seed. I see something in this kid. He's beyond, he's not beyond the doors, but he has a path that I need to move out the way for. And he'll share that story with you. And I went from first impression to everything else to they left the keys to this, to this place. Everyone planned a church. Here you are, Rich. Here's the keys. And we got another guy coming in and serve him. No problem. To 2012, they said, hey, you want, I'm, you know, I'm a fast burner. I'm 55 years old. You want to be a senior pastor at 55? No one does that. In fact, I'm already looking at my Social Security. I got about seven years left. I can get out of here. From nothing. All I had. All I had in my house. One had an attitude because I was mad at God for what he did to me. I thought he did to me. He was training me. All I had was some faith and obedience. And say, I'm going to plant, and wherever it happens, happens. And here I am. Everyone say, what's your story? Who do you know on the, on the, on the, on the, tri- on the way up? Jesus. Everyone tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, you can't, you want to, hey, I see you doing this. I said, who are you talking to? You're not talking to him. I'm not doing that. Oh, sure you are. Okay, I'm doing that. I told him I didn't want to be a senior pastor. They said, yeah, you're perfect. I can't even get out of it. <laughs> All I have is faith and obedience. And God multiplied a lot. Not that I'm good. He's great. When I saw this building tra- being transformed, I'm like, man, this is 20 years. I'm seeing our whole community come up. They got 10 projects they want. They want to put a ball field on it, way down the street from us. 
10 projects in the Soda District, the one that was been abandoned and left go. Nothing's going to happen there. It's just an old office building here. <laughs> 20 years we've been praying. And God said, watch this. Boom. Watch this. Boom. Here come a hotel. Boom. Why? We didn't quit. All we had is faith and obey. Show up every week. Faith. Don't do what I tell you to do. Okay. You want me to sing? I'll sing. You don't want that. <laughs> Clean the bathroom, which I still do. They won't let me. I like to do it because the toilets don't talk back. It doesn't matter. Exponential happens with faith and obedience. The first step is always the hardest. <laughs>